The following program is produced and furnished in conjunction with Amplifier Advisors, LLC, which is entirely responsible for its content. Welcome to What's Working in Washington on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Now your host, Jonathan Aberman. A lot of businesses here in our region are very interested in providing a value-add for the community. They want to be doing something other than just making money. And a lot of them fall to what we would call corporate social responsibility, taking the resources of an organization and actually trying to make a difference. That's great, but ultimately how that happens redounds to the job description of various professionals here in our region. We're going to talk about that with two examples. Our first guest here in the studio is Mary Robinson. She is an entrepreneur of an early software company and now the founder and CEO of a consulting firm, Capacity Partners. She and her 17 other consultants are helping not-for-profit leaders achieve results in areas like strategic planning, fundraising, including corporate board development and management consulting. Boy, that's a mouthful, Mary. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> so nice to be here, Jonathan. Thank you. Absolutely. And Shannon White is a partner at GuideHouse and the corporate social responsibility leader for the firm where she leads their efforts around volunteering, pro bono consulting, board service giving, and environmental sustainability. You know, GuideHouse is an interesting company itself. Maybe we'll do a separate segment on it. It's a one-year startup focused on management consulting to federal, state, and local government coming out of a large established company. Another great example, in my opinion, of the entrepreneurial activity we have here in D.C. Shannon, it's great to see you as well. It's wonderful to see you and to have this conversation with you and Mary today. Well, it's so important. And, uh, you know, Mary and Shannon are both classmates in the Leadership Greater Washington program here in D.C. I had an opportunity to speak to them uh, and, and their classmates a number of months ago around innovation in the region. And, you know, just to give a quick shout out for LGW, it's an organization that's really committed to corporate social responsibility and how to put our, our talents to work. So this is an important conversation. So let's let's just level set because to give people a, a sense of the perspective on where and how organizations get into this. So, Shannon, I'll start with you. Um, you're a partner at GuideHouse Consulting. What exactly is GuideHouse, and how did you, how does you and an organization decide to get into corporate social responsibility? GuideHouse Consulting, a 2,000-person management consulting firm, and we really have the vision to help our clients and communities to solve important problems. Um, I'm really proud of our people and the fact that they want to be able to support their communities and have a real impact. And in fact, in our first year, we have had our people to engage in the community and volunteer in a number of activities at twice the national average. And I think it's really important to us because our nonprofits do all kinds of really wonderful things for all of us, and we're all beneficiaries of those services that nonprofits provide, and I know that we'll be talking about that. Yeah, I, I recently had uh, another um, guest here in the studio, and, and he's working with one of the largest faith-based organizations in, in the U.S., and it is very interesting and important how we don't really focus on how much not-for-profits and uh, faith-based and philanthropic organizations are the dark fiber in our communities. Mm -hmm. with, literally, without them, we, we couldn't have a society. Mary, your, your background is, is, is I, as I understand it, you're an entrepreneur, kind of like me, and you know, right. we, both, we both got better in some ways, I suppose. <laughs> but, but how does an entrepreneur come to this? Well, that's a very good question. So I did start as a teacher, and then I moved into fundraising, and I co-owned an early software company. Hmm. which we sold at BlackBot, which is one of the largest software companies serving nonprofits. 
And then I consulted and eventually 16 years ago started Capacity Partners. And so with Capacity Partners, we really are all about building community at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. So some of us have been in industries such as banking. Some of us has been in the nonprofit world all these years. But we really believe that all of the sectors, the government sector, the nonprofit sector, and the private sector have to work together to make our communities work, to make them work um, on the economic level, on the social level. And so that's what we're all about. And, you know, our particular focus is nonprofits, but we see the whole. You know, I, I think that for a lot of people who work in large organizations, um, jobs can be really fascinating and interesting, consuming. But for a lot of people, it doesn't really answer the question about why am I here or what do I do? I mean, is, is that sort of what – Shannon, I'll – you're working a large organization, a management consulting company of note. Um, is that what it's about? Is corporate social responsibility basically the individual, the aggregate, trying to provide some sort of meaning or, or connectivity? Yeah. So I think corporate social responsibility, it's really this wonderful bridge. So we talk about nonprofits, and I mentioned that they provide all of us with so many benefits, and we're all beneficiaries. So whether we are enjoying the education for our kids or enjoying parks or the arts or different social services or healthcare, the list goes on, right? Nonprofits are extremely important to us. And then on the other hand, we have a lot of really um, engaged people that have a big desire to have a real impact on their communities. And so corporate social responsibility is that bridge to connect um, communities and our nonprofits with people who are re ready to give their time and their talents. Um, and so we see all kinds of benefits to our colleagues and to our firm. So that might be increased engagement from our staff, um, because they're really engaged in purposeful work. Um, that's reflected in an increase in recruitment and retention. Um, we see that it improves our professionals' diversity and inclusion acumen because our professionals are working with their colleagues from across the firm as well as in uh, different communities with different populations than they may have. Um, it also helps their leadership development skills, their communication skills, and what I really love is that our volunteers um, increase their happiness level because they get a little shot of endorphin to their brain when they're going out and they're serving people. People do like to do stuff that matters, don't they? Exactly. Mary, is this, speaking of mattering, I'm going to come at this again from my perspective. I've often said that entrepreneurs often use entrepreneurship as a way to answer the question about why am I here and what do I do, <laughs> right? Um, what are the, some of the nuances and differences that you've seen in uh, – Owning and starting a software and selling a software company as an entrepreneur vis-a-vis -vis being a uh, uh, social responsibility entrepreneur. Is it the same or are there some differences? Well, there really are some differences. And I think one of the things that attracted me to this work and starting a consulting firm serving nonprofits is because our purpose is to make this world a better place. Mm -hmm. Simply put, that is our number one Profit is our number two. And, of course, my husband might like me to reverse that, but, in fact, both are really essential. And I think that when I myself have worked in the corporate environment, I've worked for some fantastic uh, companies, actually, profit is number one. So that 
I think is at the heart of it for mm. me. So we're going to take a little break. And when we come back, uh, I think I want to turn our conversation first. Is I think, and I'm sensing it's tremendous generational shift in the workforce. It seems like meaning is something that you almost have to embrace as an employer these days if you want to attract talent. So when we come back after the break, I'm here with Mary Robinson, an entrepreneur who is the founder and CEO of the Consulting from Capacity Partners and Shannon White, partner at GuideHouse and leader of their corporate social responsibility program. We're going to be right back on this What's Working in Washington Extra. Thank you to our sponsor, the Greater Washington Board of Trade. The Greater Washington Board of Trade represents leading businesses, nonprofit organizations, and academic institutions, and has helped shape the development of our region for over 130 years. Visit boardoftrade.org to learn about how a Board of Trade membership can help your organization succeed in this rapidly changing marketplace. Thanks to Auric, an international law firm that focuses on technology, energy, and infrastructure finance. Clients worldwide call on it for forward-looking commercial advice on transactions, litigation, and compliance. Learn more at auric.com. And we're back in this What's Working in Washington Extra, talking about corporate social responsibility. Here in the studio is Mary Robinson, an entrepreneur and founder CEO of a consulting firm, Capacity Partners, and Shannon White, partner at GuideHouse and the corporate social responsibility leader for that firm. Before the break, I mentioned that where I wanted to go next is I know when I talk with people who are worried about uh, retention attraction, there is a disproportionate belief that you've got to provide meaning for Gen Z's and millennials, but somehow, what, baby boomers don't care about this? I, I, you're in the trenches. Is that a fair distinction to make? At GuideHouse, our average age does fall squarely in with millennials, although we have every group from our demographics supporting GuideHouse. And what I found is that people have been really excited about co-creating a corporate social responsibility program. So we're one-year startup, and we've got a lot of people that are really passionate about the community, and they have come together, whether they're staff or partners, to help us to create a program that includes volunteering out in the community, serving as board members on nonprofits, giving on an individual and corporate basis, and being good environmental sustainability stewards. And so as we were creating this new corporate social responsibility program, we knew that what motivated people was autonomy, mastery, and um, expertise. And so we really built the program around these three tenets. So we have a corporate social responsibility program with ambassadors from all of our sectors and geographic locations. And then we encourage everyone to bring forward their favorite nonprofits, gather a team together, and be able to go out and volunteer and support that um, organization. And so it is wonderful when I hear people come forward and share with me a card, a handwritten card that they've received from their favorite nonprofit that said, hey, thank you so much. It was wonderful that GuideHouse supported us in this digital boot camp, and we couldn't serve our constituents without GuideHouse's help. So this, the best argument, it sounds like, uh, is if I'm running an organization, I need to have activities that basically create teams, reinforce team behavior, and mentor leaders, right? And I can either spend 
a boatload of money bringing consultants in and create artificial simulations to try to do this. Or I can actually do something constructive. I mean, at some fundamental level, is this something that every large organization should be doing now? I think that every large organization should be doing this, really giving their people an opportunity to be able to serve out their passions. Um, we're really proud that we have contributed over 20,000 hours this year, and we've supported 41 different organizations, both locally and across the country. And the benefits are so great to our people, to the community, and to our firm. So I want to go back to your original question about the differences, because I think you're absolutely correct. Really? Yes, I think there are some major differences. So let's think about the baby boomers, which is my generation. We grew up in the 60s. We were going to save the world, all right? We were all fired up and, you know, got involved with our families and maybe didn't necessarily look to our jobs for that particular sense of purpose the way millennials do now. But it doesn't mean that we didn't and don't care. And mm. from the nonprofit perspective, the advantage is that so many baby boomers are retiring. They have the opportunity today to be the volunteer workforce for literally every one of our nonprofit clients. Yeah. So they're there, they're making a difference. In terms of the millennials and the, the next gens that we work with, yeah, there is a difference. I think that search for meaning starts with meaning to me as a professional. Mm -hmm. Is this job gonna give me growth? I think that's really number one. And then number two is how is that growth going to extend to the community through the kind of ways that Shannon talked about. So I have a colleague, uh, Mary Faelig, who is a corporate responsibility consultant, and um, she is now working with small businesses, not just the large businesses, because this impetus is going throughout the corporate community, which we think is fantastic. I think it's fantastic. I also think that it's fantastic because the community needs it, but it's also fantastic because having myself done a lot of organizational development projects as a leader, if you don't create opportunities for people to work as a team, people won't work as a team, and you can't be effective in the, today's economy unless you have effective teams. Speaking of teaming, we've talked a lot about why this is a good thing. We've talked a lot about you know how this is useful retention and, and all these things. How does it actually come together in practice? How does the government, not-for-profit and corporate, how does it actually play out? It has been really great that Mary and I participated in Leadership Greater Washington, which brings together executives from nonprofit, government, and the private sector. And so we've seen so many synergies within our class and then across all of those sectors. And so, for example, I was introduced to a small nonprofit urban farm in Prince George's County called Eco City Farm. I also have a classmate who is the director of development at Georgetown University's Lombardi Cancer Center. And we were talking about um, partnering these two organizations. And so right now we are working to develop a prescription program where doctors at a clinic would write a prescription so that a patient go to the farm and get healthy fruits and vegetables. Um, this will really help to improve their health outcomes. Um, this is something that's really innovative that's going on across the country. And it came together because we had members of the community from these different sectors. So since we're talking about food as a topic, let me mention one of our uh, 
great clients, Mana Food Center, for whom we're helping them with a $2.5 million capital campaign. And Mana is the food bank for Montgomery County. So Mana did an analysis of the areas of need in the county and took a focus on the East County in Montgomery County. Now, if we look at how all the pieces came together, this was designated as a opportunity zone. We received federal money for it to create this East County Opportunity Zone, and it came through Montgomery County. MANA itself is starting a center to end hunger. We have a number of corporations who have partnered with us to make this happen. Hundreds of volunteers who will be there creating a choice pantry to enable people to come and just shop, just like you'd shop in any grocery store. And so this is an example of all the different components who are going to work together to make a difference in one specific area of our county. I love that use case, and it's a great example. And where I want to go when we come back after the break is let's talk about what's going well in CSR and then perhaps discuss a bit about how it could be done better. I'm here with Mary Robinson, the founder and CEO of Capacity Partners, and Shannon White, partner at GuideHouse and their corporate social responsibility leader. What's working in Washington Extra? We'll be right back. Thanks to Auric, an international law firm that focuses on technology, energy, and infrastructure finance. Clients worldwide call on it for forward-looking commercial advice on transactions, litigation, and compliance. Learn more at auric.com. Thank you to our sponsor, the Greater Washington Board of Trade. The Greater Washington Board of Trade represents leading businesses, nonprofit organizations, and academic institutions, and has helped shape the development of our region for over 130 years. Visit boardoftrade.org to learn about how a Board of Trade membership can help your organization succeed in this rapidly changing marketplace. And we're back in this What's Working in Washington Extra, talking about corporate social responsibility. I'm here with Mary Robinson, the founder and CEO of Capacity Partners, and Shannon White, partner at GuideHouse and the corporate social responsibility leader for that firm. Before the break, I asked you to think about what are we doing well as a community with respect to corporate social responsibility? You know, corporations in many ways are the lifeblood of nonprofits. And that's through volunteering. I think that's the aspect that is working the best. So I'm thinking about our client, Greater Washington Urban League, who benefits from hundreds of volunteers to help with their workforce development programs, moving people into home ownership for the first time, folks who really never would be able to have a home if it hadn't have been for their work. I mentioned MANA, the hundreds of people who are there at their warehouse every single day. So that's working really well. And I can tell you, I sit on the board of the Greater Bethesda Chamber of Commerce. Every member of our chamber has an involvement with some nonprofit where his or her folks are out there volunteering every week. That is working. Are they giving talent or treasure or both? (laughs) Well, (laughs) of course, from the nonprofit point of view, we look at three things. Talent, treasure, and time. For sure, we want to have all of those things. I think where, from my point of view, and Shannon, you may disagree with this, but from what I see, the volunteering part is working really well. The sharing of some intellectual capacity is growing as an area where people are not only just going and volunteering, 
uh, with kind of low-level skills but are sharing their high-level skills. I think, and the in terms of the treasure, the fact is, and the Giving USA just came out, that corporate giving across the country is just a little above 5% of all giving in the United States. While that's working well, we on the nonprofit side would probably think it could be better. I agree. I definitely see that one of the trends uh, over the last few years is that people, consumers, employees, and communities all have a real expectation that businesses will make a positive impact in the world. And so I agree, it's a real engine for um, elevating our communities. We have also seen a shift away from exclusively sponsoring galas and dinners and instead increasing the opportunities for our people to make an impact with their time, their talent, and their giving. And because at GuideHouse, our mission is to solve important problems, often we find real alignment to be able to support our nonprofit organizations. I like to talk about So Others Might Eat, an organization here in Washington, D.C. I mean, every day there are volunteers helping to sponsor, prepare, and serve breakfast and lunch to those in need. And many of our teams throughout the year have worked with some to be able to volunteer with that organization. Um, In addition, we have recently focused on placing our leaders on nonprofit boards through our board service program because we know that nonprofits also need ongoing leadership and government or governance assistance from uh, leaders in the community. And so just in June, we placed seven people working with Compass to be able to place them on boards. And Shannon, I think that's such an important point because many folks in the corporate arena know how to lead, know how to make decisions. They've often gone through strategic planning themselves and their own uh, divisions of their corporations. So when they come to serve on a nonprofit board, there is a little bit of difference in the speed of decision-making between a nonprofit and a business, but they bring just enormous know-how of what it means to lead. And then I think, you know, alternatively, our leaders are learning so much from being on those boards, right? I talked about the increase in diversity and inclusion, acumen, being able to be more flexible as they uh, wait patiently for the, at that new speed, um, and, and then just continuing to feel really great about themselves because they are making an impact on these communities that are they are getting so many benefits from also. I'm, it's hard for me to imagine, but we're, this has gone by so quickly. We're just about done with each other for, for today. I, what's missing? You know, if you had a call to action to community, Mary, I'll, I'll, I'll ask you, what's the call to action? What do we need people to do that they're not doing right now? Well, I think the call to action is focusing really on the heart of the problem, the social issue to be addressed, and then bringing together the various components. So let me give us an example. A client, we have the Montgomery Coalition of Adult English Literacy. There are actually probably close to a million people in Montgomery County and at least 100,000 who do not have strong English skills. They all work somewhere. Mm -hmm. Every corporation, every business is impacted by the fact that a lot of these people do not have the full skills to participate in their work. We have lots of ideas about how they can come together. Different types of training on the job, 
which will also allow people to increase their skills and make way for higher level jobs, for people to move up to higher level jobs in the community. So what, what I would love to see is more of taking a problem, looking at the businesses and the nonprofits and the government who are involved in it, and focusing on what role each has to play and then making it happen. Shannon, what's on your wish list? Yeah, well, I love that, Mary. I, I do really see that there's this growing trend um, to make sure that businesses are at the heart of solving our important problems and also an expectation that they, businesses are going to create um, social ventures. In fact, there is a um, new chapter of the Conscious Capitalism Greater DC that started in 2019. And the leaders of this chapter in Conscious Capitalism are really motivated by a higher purpose to serve all of their stakeholders, including customers, employees, suppliers, investors, and the community. And so I think this would be great to have a real challenge to all of our businesses to continue to step forward, to meet the demand from our communities and from our people, and to support them so that we can all elevate our communities. Well, without question, we are the national capital of not-for-profit, philanthropic, and social venturing. And so for us not to be incredibly strong in, in corporate social responsibility is not only a, a well, it just shouldn't happen. So it, it's great having this conversation. I, I hope this continues to engender further conversations. Thank you to both of you for your leadership. And it's just wonderful. Mary Robinson, uh, CEO of Consulting Firm Capacity Partners. Thanks for joining us today. Oh, thank you, Jonathan. And Shannon White, first of all, shout out to Solomon. And, and, you know, it was great having you represent Guidehouse here and learning about your corporate social responsibility leadership. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. I appreciate it, Jonathan. What's working in Washington Extra? Corporate social responsibility. We'll see you next time. And you've been listening to What's Working in Washington. I'm Jonathan Aberman. My producer is Tracy Madigan. And as you know, this show is about promoting why Washington, D.C. is a great place to do business and why it is a great place to be an entrepreneur and innovator. You know, our town is a lot more than government. Companies have raised money. New businesses have started. Maybe you've been to a new restaurant this week. It's all entrepreneurship, social entrepreneurship doing things in a new way to solve needs. These are the kind of things that happened in a really unique way in the greater Washington region. That's what this show, What's Working in Washington, is about. But it's only as good as you and your participation. So if you've got an idea for somebody that we should be talking with, let us know. Tweet us at, at What's Working DC and let us know that there's a story out there that needs to be told. Executive producer is Tracy Madigan, online writer Barbara Ulrich, music provided by two D.C. region bands, Two Car Living Room, and The Sunbathers. Tweet us at, at What's Working DC and tell us what you think of the show. Don't forget to like us on iTunes. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Thanks for listening. See you next time. You've been listening to What's Working in Washington on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Tune in Monday afternoons at 2.30 or subscribe to this show on iTunes or Podcast One.